This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. I'd like for you to take God's Word go with me this morning to 1 Samuel chapter 24, 1 Samuel chapter number 24, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1, 1 Samuel chapter number 24 and verse number 1. We're continuing our series this morning, that it may go well with thee, that it may go well with thee. And we've been looking at Old Testament characters who in the days of their youth made important decisions, and those decisions were to honor God. And as they made those decisions to honor God, uh, the Lord worked in their lives, sometimes through difficult circumstances, and really in most of their lives, as we recount their stories, in very difficult circumstances. But in the end, it went well with them. And all of us have a choice to make today. Will we honor God? Will we choose to obey God? Or will we go our own way? And if we want God's favor and blessing upon our lives, we, we must choose to honor God and obey God. And we have the promise in Deuteronomy chapter 4 that it will go well with us. And David is one such character who made an important decision. We know the life of David was marked with great highs and great lows, great victories and defeats. But here we find in 1 Samuel chapter number 24, one of the great victories that David won. And it was a victory greater than the victory against the sheep, and, or the, not the sheep, but protecting the sheep from the lion and the bear. When he slew the lion and the bears, they went after the sheep. He won the victory over them. It was greater than the victory he won over Goliath, the giant in the Valley of Elah. It is a victory that he won over his own spirit. And the Bible says in Proverbs 16 and verse 32, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. It's a man who can control his temper. And then he says, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. So sometimes the greatest conquest that we could ever enjoy the greatest victory we could ever experience is the victory over our own spirit and we find David wins the victory here in 1 Samuel chapter 24 as we come to 1 Samuel chapter 24 we need to understand what is happening David who is the shepherd boy who's now been anointed king and who has been faithful to fight for Israel and for King Saul is on the run from King Saul who has unjustly sought to kill him. Saul is filled with jealousy and rage. He's rebelled against God. He didn't obey God's command. God rejected him as king. God anointed, had Samuel the prophet anoint David as the king. David is the king in waiting. But as the king in waiting, he's been a faithful, loyal subject to Saul. He fought Saul's battles. He's honored Saul. And now Saul is trying to kill him, and David is on the run. 
And David and his army, uh, or his, his group of men, are fleeing from Saul and his army who has come out into the wilderness to destroy David. We come to 1 Samuel 24. The Bible says, And it came to pass when Saul uh, was returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheep coats, by the way, where was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet. And David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. David's life serves for us really as an object lesson on the subject of submission to and respect for authority. And this incident reveals much to us about the need in our lives to learn obedience and respect for authority. The sin of rebellion is a serious matter with God. In 1 Samuel 15, 23, the Bible said, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now, that's a pretty serious sin, isn't it? You would not allow someone to come into a Baptist church and do rituals or perform rituals and, and put up signs of satanic imagery in the church house. You would certainly not allow that to happen. I, I can't imagine that anybody in their home would want to have a satanic ritual or to have someone come in in their home and practice witchcraft. I, I just can't believe that anybody here would want that done. But yet, oftentimes, we have no problem with the sin of rebellion in our own heart and in the hearts of our children. And here we find that the Bible says, in God's eyes, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is a very serious sin with God. We live in a society that is in utter rebellion. Recently, we saw video footage and pictures of policemen in New York City and also in Atlanta, Georgia, as they were surrounded by the residents of those areas and they were doused with water. People were literally coming up to them and pouring buckets of water over their head. People were taking uh, squirt guns and super soakers and, 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 and filling them with water and, 
and, and, and shooting those guns, those squirt guns and super soakers full of water and, and throwing water all over the police. And they were all gathered around howling and laughing. Uh, we are nearly just one step away from anarchy in our nation. On college campuses across this country, secular universities, the students are taught to celebrate rebellion. And we see it happening. We see it happening in unprecedented ways, this whole drift towards rebellion and anarchy. And there is to be a difference between the children of God and the children of this world. There is a difference between the children of God and the children of the devil. And we understand that rebellion is the original sin of Satan. He was lifted up in pride. He decided that he wanted to be in charge, and he rebelled against God and led a rebellion of the angels, and a third of them, including him, were cast out of heaven because of rebellion. So we understand rebellion is a, various, a very serious sin in the eyes of God. And here we find in 1 Samuel 24 uh, the story of a man who still in his youth made a very difficult choice, I might add, to respect the authority that God had placed in his life. And yes, Saul was unjust in his authority. He was abusive in his authority. But when given the opportunity to take matters into his own hand, as he was here. Now remember, David and his men, they are fleeing, they're hiding. Saul pursues, Saul and his army. Saul comes into a cave unknowingly, not understanding that David and his men are hidden in that cave. And Saul and his men, they go to sleep. And what does David do? He has the opportunity. He has the opportunity to end it all. He has the opportunity to go ahead and do away with an unjust king and establish his own reign. And his men encourage him to do that. But David said, I can't do that. So he goes and he cuts off a piece of Saul's skirt. He wants to show Saul, I had the opportunity. I, I, could, I could have taken your life, but I chose not to. And immediately his heart smote him with conviction because he touched the Lord's anointed. He didn't take his life, but he didn't quite show the reverence and respect he should have. And he's convicted. And then later, after Saul is awakened, he goes outside of the cave, and David pursues after him. And the Bible says that David calls unto him, and he bows and stoops before the king. Here we find three things I want to give you this morning that will help us learn uh, this wonderful lesson on submission. And the title of the message is David Refused to Rebel. David Refused to Rebel. Uh, the three things we'll see here, number one, David recognized authority. Number two, David respected authority. And number three, David rested in authority. I want to ask you, what choice have you made concerning authority? And concerning the matter of submission or rebellion? And will you choose to refuse to rebel? I want you to see, the first of all, number one, David recognized authority. Notice, if you would, please, in verse number five. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him. Afterward, meaning after he had taken a piece of the skirt of Saul. <clears throat> his heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. 
In verse number 6, And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. We see here, first of all, that authority is established by God. Authority is established by God. Notice, if you would, please, in verse number 6, he called or he referred to Saul as the Lord's anointed. Remember, the nation of Israel rejected God as their king. They wanted a man to be their king, and Saul was the first king they received. The prophet Samuel anointed Saul as the king. He was set apart. He, the, the, the ceremony of the anointing signified that this was God's chosen leader, that this is the one who was set apart and, and blessed by God and, and endued with power and wisdom from God to be a person who is in authority. He is someone that has been established by the Lord as a leader. And what we need to understand about authority is that all authority is established by God. All of it. Uh, God established the home, God established human government, and the Lord established the church. And he designed order in all three. He established authority in each of those three institutions. And so we find that rebellion against God's appointed and God's anointed authority is ultimately rebellion against God. So when you don't want to honor your parents, when you don't want to respect the laws of the land, then what you have done is you have ultimately not just rebelled against the person that you're dealing with, you're you're also ultimately rebelling against God who established that authority. Now, David recognized that Saul was his, the term he used here, his master, his lord, in other words, in the, in the line of the government that Saul had authority. He was in a position of leadership over David. And if there's going to be order, if, there, if we're not going to have chaos, if we're not going to have anarchy, then we must follow order. That is, the God, uh, that is God's way. That is how God has designed this life to be conducted is by giving us people who are in authority over us in the home, in the state, and in the church. It's a New Testament principle. Ephesians chapter 6, I invite you to take your Bible and go there with me. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to find that God gives us in his word the command to respect and to recognize authority. And David here has recognized that Saul is a person in position of authority appointed by God in his life. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee. What's Deuteronomy chapter 4 say? That it may go well with thee. Now we find Paul using those words in Ephesians 6, 3, that it may be well with thee. God wants it to go well with you. Satan wants it to go wrong with you. God says, honor and respect and obey, and it will go well. 
Satan says rebel, and it'll go wrong. The choice is yours to make. And so he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You see, David here respects authority and recognizes it. Now, while you hold your place, or, or turn with me, if you would, back to 1 Samuel, find chapter number 17. 1 Samuel chapter number 17. We're going to find a link here between David's recognition of authority of King Saul and the recognition of uh, authority of his parents. You see, as a child, as a young person, when you learn to uh, disrespect your parents, you're also going to learn to disrespect all other authority. When you rebel against your parents, you're going to rebel against your boss. You're going to rebel against your teachers. You're going to rebel against civil authorities because you've learned to practice rebellion. Now, David, however, when faced with a difficult boss and a very abusive authority in his life, David, who had learned the principle of obedience and respect, continued to demonstrate reverence and respect for authorities. Now, notice, if you would, 1 Samuel chapter 17 this is the, this is the uh, record of David's victory over Goliath. And as I said, the most important victory in David's life perhaps was this one, the, the victory over his own spirit, to learn to submit, to learn to respect authority. Notice in verse 12, the Bible says, Now David was the son of the Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. So we, we, the first thing we know about David is he's the son of Jesse. The, the establishment of the home, his relationship with his dad, that's very important in your life, very important. You can't be wrong with your parents and right with God. Now, your parents might be wrong with you, but you have to choose not to be wrong with them. And he had eight sons, the Bible says, and the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. What do we know about Jesse? At this point, he's an old man. He's an old man. He's not a man who's strong. He's not a man who is in the prime of his life. The Bible says he's an old man. Maybe it would have been easy to dismiss him because he was an old man, not quite able to do what he once did. And the Bible tells us that David, in verse 15, went and returned from Saul. He was serving Saul, and he returned from Saul for this purpose to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. This shows us the reverence and respect that David had for his father. My father, who's an old man, needs those sheep taken care of, and I'm going to go do it. Now, the Bible tells us that three of the brothers were at the battle. And then the Bible mentions David. Now, I'm not a great mathematician, but that would lead me to know that there are six other brothers, and I don't know where they are. Why couldn't one of them take care of the sheep? I mean, certainly they could have, right? But apparently they weren't willing. But here's a young man who was willing to do something to help his father because he loved and obeyed and respected his father. And so the Bible tells us in verse 20, David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. What does he do? He obeys his dad. He respects his dad. And young person, you better learn to respect your parents. 
I don't care the spirit of this world is against uh, your parents and against authorities and questions everything. You better learn to bow your knee to Jesus and bow your head to your parents and learn to submit to their authority because it is God who gave you the parents he gave you. It is God who placed you in the home he gave you. It is God who gave you the command. And if you want it to go well with you, then you're going to learn to obey God. And that means you're going to respect authority. And it starts at home. Don't talk to your mama like she's some kid out here on the streets. Don't you backtalk your parents because when you do, you're giving the devil an opportunity to dwell in your heart and lead you down the path of destruction. As the Lord said to Cain, sin lieth at the door. And I want to tell you, some of you young people and some of you adults may be heading down a dangerous road to rebellion that leads to an eternal destruction. You better learn to turn around, bow the knee to Jesus, and submit to the authority that God has placed in your life. Some of you ought to be ashamed the way you talk to your parents. You ought to be ashamed the way you talk to your teachers. I'm This past year in our Christian school, I've never seen so many difficulties and problems that we had with young people disrespecting their teachers. You better learn to do that at home, and you won't have any problem doing that at class. I'm talking about showing respect and honor to your parents and to all authorities. You better learn it at home. And parents don't tolerate it at home. Hey, the last time I checked, you pay the phone bill. Take it away. Deal with these problems. You have the position of authority. God has placed you in it. So take care of it. I know it's hard. I got five kids. I know. And I'm, by the way, I'm not a model of how it ought to be done. The Bible's the model. Let's obey God. Let's get some grit. And let's lead our families for the glory of God. Sir, take charge of your home. Hey, it's not a question if we're going to go to church or not. It's not a question about what we're going to do and what activity we're going to be involved in. This is the way we live our lives. And you are my child, and I'm responsible for you. Therefore, you're going to do what I say. And look, the Bible says it. And if you've got a problem with it, I'm very sorry. But the problem is yours. And you better learn to get over it. Man, the pastor's worked up today, isn't he? You'd think he's been to camp meeting or something. Hey, parents, you have to do all you can to establish authority. Don't tolerate disrespect in your home. Yes, the young people are loving me right now. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Listen, that discipline that your parents administer to you, that is a blessing from God. Now, no one ought to be abusive in the way they administrate discipline. No one ought to administrate it in anger. And I've done that many times. I confess that to you and I confess that to my children. 
We ought to do it in love. We ought to do it in wisdom. But it ought to be done. It ought to be done. And I can't do it for you. You've got to take charge in your own home and do it. And nobody else can do it for you. And so if we want authority established in our homes, parents, we have to demand it. We have to teach it. And children, you have to submit and recognize authority. Do you know that disobedience among children is a characteristic of the last days? For men should be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And so in these days, what is a child to do? I'll tell you what he's to do. He is to respect and recognize authority. Exodus 20, verse 12, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. It's to be done in the home. It is to be done in the state. Romans 13, verses 1 through 5, we are to learn to respect the authorities. Listen, when the police pull you over, do not argue with them. You'll have a day in court. That's not the moment to have it. You see all of these videos and people not resisting arrest. And listen, Christian people submit to the authority. And if you want it to go well with you, you better learn that lesson. You better learn to obey your boss when he tells you to do something. If you want a job, you better learn how to do that. You say, well, you don't know my boss. You're right, I don't know your boss, but I've had some good ones in my day. I mean some real not good ones. You understand what I'm saying. I've, had, I've worked for some very difficult people to work for. The United Parcel Service, I had lots of experience there. And Peter writes about bad bosses and godless government and mean mates, and maybe you've got all three experiences. I don't know. It's not a good time to say amen if you do. But let me just say this to you. God makes no exceptions for us. He tells us to respect authority. As Christians, that's what we're to do. We see that God appointed authority, but he also demonstrates submission in the person of his son. Luke chapter 2, verse 51. Luke chapter 2, verse 51. And he, that's Jesus, went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Do you, do you understand what that means? Jesus, the Son of God. Hey, hey, Jesus, the Son of God, submitted to his parents. If Jesus, the Son of God, submitted to his parents, you ought to submit to yours. He didn't just appoint authority. He demonstrated submission to it. And we understand that, as I mentioned earlier, rebellion is a characteristic of the devil. So when you backtalk your mom, when you refuse to obey them, let me tell you who you're, let me tell you who you're portraying yourself to be. Not a child of God, but a child of the devil. That's what the Bible says. And so we see here that David recognized authority. Let me give you the second thing. David not only recognized it, acknowledged that Saul had a position of authority in his life. Unjust, yes. Abusive, yes. But authority. Why? Because God gave it to him. Number two, David respected authority. He recognized it, but then he respects it. Now notice what he does in verse 8. And David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, 
Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt. Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord hath delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave, and some bade me kill thee, but mine eyes spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth mine hand against the Lord, or against my Lord, rather, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in my hand. I have not sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? Now I want you to notice the usage of the titles that David uh, gives when he speaks to Saul. He calls him my Lord. He calls him my king, and he calls him my father. He addresses him with respect. He didn't run out there. Look here. He didn't run out there with some smart aleck tone and say, you dirty dog saw you, you unjust king you. Let me tell you, buddy, you got it coming to you. No, no, no. He went out in reverence and demonstrated a tone of respect for a man who didn't deserve his respect, to be honest with you. But he gave it because he was submitted to God. He recognized Saul was in a position that God had placed him in. And he submitted ultimately to God and then to Saul. And now he is speaking to him with respect. I want you to write this passage down in your notes. We don't have time to visit it today, but I want you to write it down. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 13, through chapter 3 and verse 2. And here we find... Peter writing, and he tells us how to deal with godless government, bad bosses, and mean mates. And it's all there for us. And let me tell you that God does not give us an exception because of those three situations. No, God wants us to be obedient to him in the midst of those three circumstances. And so your homework this afternoon, after lunch, read that passage. And so this principle wouldn't just apply to godless government, bad bosses, and mean mates. I think it applies to perturbed parents and troubling teachers and problematic professors. It applies to everyone in every situation, and here we find that we are to show respect for people, especially those who are in authority. And so what does he do? He demonstrates reverence, my Lord, my King, my Father, and then he demonstrates reason. He said, you're upset with me. You're trying to kill me, but I didn't do anything. People have told you that I want your hurt, but they're lying to you. Here, I have the proof. I'm serving you faithfully. Here's your skirt. I could have killed you, but I chose not to. All I want to do is do the right thing, Saul. You see, instead of lifting his own hand against Saul, he reasons with Saul, and he demonstrates respect for Saul. Notice what he said in verse 12, the Lord judge between me and thee. And the Lord avenge me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turneth away wrath. And that's what we got from David, a soft answer. I want you to see David recognized authority. 
It comes from God. It's in my home with my parents. It's at school with my teachers. It's in government. It's in the church house. God has ordained authority. He appointed it, and I need to recognize it. Number two, he respected authority. He honored and revered those who were in authority. Let me give you the third point. That is David rested in authority. David rested in authority. David chose not to take matters into his own hands. He could have. He had the opportunity. He could have lashed out at Saul. He could have killed Saul. Some of you sometimes go in your room and say, well, I wish they were dead. No, you don't. No, you'd be in real trouble then. And those words should never come out of your lips. Don't take matters in your own hand. Don't lift your voice against your parents. Don't you talk to your parents in a disrespectful tone. You see, David learned to rest in authority. Notice verse 15, The Lord therefore be judge and judge between me and thee and see and plead my cause and deliver me out of thine hand. Do you know what I found out? Parenting is the most difficult job anybody will ever try to do. How many of you parents would agree with that? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think pastoring a church is a pretty tough job. I, I do. I, I think, my goodness. This, but it, parenting is much tougher because I live with those people 24 hours a day, right? And, and you make decisions and you try to set ground rules and and, and, you, and you're, trying to, you're trying to lead your children in the best direction possible, but you do wonder sometimes if you really made the right decision. Sometimes you're too harsh when you should have been a little softer. Sometimes you're too soft when you should have been a little firmer. And finding where all of those things should fall is very difficult. And then your kids are always there to encourage you. Oh, Dad, you made the right decision. No doubt about it. I'm going to abide by it. I just see your infinite wisdom, and I'm so thankful that you're my father. And while I don't agree with your decision at all, I want you to know I know it's in my best interest. And so I fully intend to rejoice in it and go forward obeying you. No, 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 no. No. Uh, You know, it's like I had a dog when I was a kid named Samson. And we tried to keep Samson contained. We had a chain. I know most people don't do that anymore, but back then, yeah, everybody did it. You had a collar, and he was chained to a tree, and we loved Samson. And the reason we chained him is because we loved him. And Samson was a strong dog, and one day he figured out he could break that chain. And I remember we tried different chains, and we tried different methods and means to keep him, you know, tethered to the tree. Uh, and uh, he found out he could break free, and one day he went down and discovered the farmer's chickens. And so the farmer decided that he wasn't going to shoot Samson, he was going to poison Samson. And he did. And Samson was strong enough in his youth to fight it off, and he survived, but the vet told us ultimately it's going to get him. And it did. You see, young people, your parents love you. Hey, look at me. They love you. And they're not perfect. And they're trying to restrain you. And you keep trying to break the chain. Going after the delights of the world and what you think you want. And let me tell you what's there. 
There's an evil taskmaster, and he wants to poison you. He wants to poison your mind. He wants to poison your soul. And he wants to poison your body. And you better learn. You better learn to recognize the authority God's given you. You better learn to respect it. And you better learn to rest in it. Meaning, if I submit, I'm trusting God that it's going to go well. You don't have to have your way. And God helps some of you if you ever get it. David obeyed the Lord. David submitted to his will. And David trusted in God's sovereignty. The Bible says in Proverbs 7, My son, keep my words. Lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live in my law as the apple of thine eye. The soul that bows the knee to Jesus will have no trouble bowing their neck at home and saying, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. And so maybe this morning you've never bowed the knee to Jesus. And today God by His Spirit is speaking to you and you know that if you died in the condition you're in, you'd go to hell for all eternity. And today you have an opportunity to bow the knee to Jesus and receive Him as your Savior. And maybe you've bowed the knee to Jesus, but you have not been bowing your head in respect and reverence at home or to your boss or to your teacher and your heart is filled with rebellion. You need to bring that to God today. Confess it before Him. Ask God to forgive you. Repent of that sin and honor your parents and all in authority. Why? That it may be well with thee. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.